guys, welcome back to What's On Your Mind. I'm your host, Yanaya, and this is a little introduction before the introduction, but I just wanted to say enjoy the episode and stay tuned to the end for a little bit more information about True Moringa. Um, we talked today to the co-founder, and also all the info will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check that out too. All right, enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to What's On Your Mind. I'm here today with Emily Cunningham. Say hi, Emily. Hey, how's it going? Why don't you give everybody a quick rundown of who you are and what you what you do? Sure. Um, so I'm the co-founder of True Moringa. Um, we work directly with 5,000 small farming families throughout Ghana to create skincare and wellness products powered by Moringa um, and other superfood ingredients. Um, so today we manage um, a whole supply chain, everything from training farmers to uh, cold pressing our oil locally in Accra, Ghana to selling to customers around the world. Wow. How cool does that sound? <laughs> I was looking through your website and everything is absolutely phenomenal. We should, we should, we should, uh, we should acknowledge that it's hundred percent vegan and that you have helped two or you have planted 2 million trees and helped more than 5,000 farmer families, like you said, which is amazing. Giving back to the community who gave us the culture and that richness in our lives, which is amazing. <laughs> well, why don't we get started? I mean, I, I read your story on how to, how and why you started Moringa, but why don't you, why don't you talk a little bit about that, your journey and why you really chose to start? Sure. Yeah. So um, my background is in development economics. Um, I uh, studied undergrad at Harvard and then was lucky enough to travel to India um, to uh, work at Sewa Bank um, for a summer um, and was just kind of frustrated by the disconnect between, you know, what you learn in textbooks and then what's actually happening on the ground and how these like big macroeconomic policies um, impact the lives of real people. Um, and so going back home to Cambridge, I was um, lucky enough to um, find D-Lab at MIT, um, which had a really similar approach to Sewa Bank in India, where they work, you know, directly with the community um, and their approach is totally community driven. Um, so using local knowledge, local tools um, to solve problems that matter to people. Um, and it was there I met my co-founder Kwame, um, who um, was born and raised in Ghana um, and actually immigrated to the U.S. with his parents um, when he was eight, studied at MIT um, aerospace engineering of all things, um, and then did a complete 180 and um, decided to move back to Ghana full time to apply his engineering skills there um, and to try to make a difference um, with rural poverty. Um, so what we met there, um, we learned from local farmers about the Moringa tree, um, which is actually native to parts of um, India and North Africa, um, but it was brought to Ghana and parts of West Africa by aid organizations um, who told people to plant it for all the nutritional benefits. So you might be hearing more about Moringa as a superfood in the Western world, um, but it's used for um, a long time to prevent malnutrition um, along the equator. 
Um, and so farmers were excited about this um, initially, but then eventually said, hey, if we're not making money from this, then it's not really sustainable for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the problem that they kind of posed to us. How can we earn money from this and then also use it for our own nutritional benefit? Um, and so slowly working together with the community, we um, started farmer training programs and then local manufacturing where we would buy the seeds of the moringa tree, which are really great for skincare. Um, and then farmers could keep the leaves of the tree, which are really great for nutrition. So farmers have this dual kind of food and cash crop all rolled into one mm-hmm. on this one magical tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. It's so fascinating and amazing how you guys were able to find such a solution, such a solution, well, a, a really good sur- a solution for such a real problem because nobody was giving back to the farmers. Nobody was, that wasn't there. That component wasn't there. They were, they were lacking in, well, the credit and the money and, you know, all of that. So how did, how did you guys come up with that solution? Yeah, um, so it was really driven by the the farmers and the local communities. Our initial thought was, we'll just be a technology company. You know, Kwame, my co-founder, is an engineer. Um, We had fabricated these kind of small-scale oil presses, and the idea was that we would just sell these oil presses and people could earn money selling the oil um, locally. And farmers uh, looked at them, were like, okay, that's cute, but like, when are the big oil presses coming? (laughs) And we were like, "Hmm, maybe we shouldn't reinvent invent the wheel. Um, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should um, just let the farmers be farmers and excel at what they're good at um, and provide, you know, the training that they need to grow up to the standards of the international market, um, teach them how to dry and, and cultivate the seeds, um, and then have just centralized processing locally in Ghana. Um, and so uh, that was one one component. And then the other was um, just a guaranteed market. So so many small farmers are risk averse um, because a lot of kind of similar projects have come through and, you know, trained farmers how to grow a certain crop. Um, with great intentions and then the time comes to harvest it and there's no like buyers or follow through or it's kind of really uneven Um, and so that was uh, another big point of feedback from farmers was hey if we're going to invest our time and money to grow this (laughs) we need you to buy it Um, so that's been one of our our biggest components of our model is um, we sign contracts with all of our farmers that hey any moringa that you grow we will buy wow so how, how long did it take for you guys to facilitate that and come up with that model? Because it's not something that it can like just click, right? I'm sure trial and error. Yeah, lots of <laughs> lots of error. Um, so we started out in 2013 um, as more of like a school project. Um, and that 2013, 2014 was when we were more invested in the, the technology side of things. Um, and then um, slowly uh, began to, I'd say 2015, we kind of in earnest started um expanding more into the the sales side of things into the global market connections um, and into the farmer training Um, and those pieces have kind of slowly built out since then how has like you personally how has going on this journey and seeing the impact that you've made or you both have made impacted you (laughs) yeah that's a good question Um, Yeah, there's just been a lot of learning and ups and downs um, throughout the whole process. Um, I think we we had um, kind of a a crisis back in um, 2019. We had a big um, fire at our factory, actually. (laughs) Yeah, we lost... um, 
uh, our entire factory um, and a lot of inventory and we had to you know rebuild um, and yeah it was just like a, a big learning moment for us so that was kind of on the low end but on the high end um, just coming from you know this is our kind of first real full-time jobs out of undergrad um, we've just learned so much about um, all sorts of different things from managing people um, to, you know, the beauty industry to agriculture. Um, and so, yeah, we still obviously have a lot more to learn all the time. Um, but yeah, just learning all those different things through um, triumphs and, and failures has been a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> what if, if there was one thing that you could tell yourself when that fire happened, because I'm sure that was <laughs> painful and stressful and scary so if there's one thing that you could tell yourself at that time what would you what would you say yeah that's a good question um I think oftentimes um entrepreneurs are kind of taught to be obsessed with scale um and in growing as rapidly as you can um and uh I think kind of you know, overextending our, ourselves and our capacity um, are is part of the reason that led to to that fire, um, and so yeah, just making sure that um, you're you're thinking about what can I do now with the resources I have, um, and not spreading yourself too thin and trying to wow. grow too rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> how did how did you how did you learn to cope with that idea when you built back up? Yeah, um, I think a few things. Um, the first thing that happened after the fire was we got really rigorous with um, measuring um, data and trying to learn from it. Um, and so we had regular weekly kind of KPIs, key performance indicators and, and measuring how are we doing against those indicators. Um, and uh, this is something that we'd you know done before, but um, it's easy in an organization to, to track data and never you know draw any lessons from it. Um, so we became really rigorous in trying to kill anything that wasn't working um, or wasn't profitable. Um, so I think that was one of the biggest lessons um, after that incident was um, you know profit first, um, make sure that something is sustainable. Um, both from an impact perspective and a financial perspective um, before growing it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that just going on your entire journey, especially with going through the hurdles like the fire, you've learned a lot of things and I've, you've shed so much light already. But in terms of talking to a young entrepreneur, what's something that you would tell them? Yeah, um, I think the most important thing throughout our whole journey, the highs and lows has just been the community mm -hmm. um, and, and having a, a great community around us, whether it's customers or, um, you know, social media followers or yeah. mail list, um, and just keeping them involved and informed in every stage of the process. I think, especially nowadays, um, we're just, you know, getting more and more disconnected yeah. um, and people love being part of a story. Um, and yeah, ultimately your, your customers, your investors, your advisors, um, are your kind of lifeline to, to building something, um, bigger than yourself. So yeah, keeping, keeping your community engaged and a part of your story, um, I would say is the most important thing. That's yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people tend to overlook. Like, like you said, a lot of, I feel young entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general, 
they focus on scaling and building and wanting more, but they don't focus on what they're, what, what they have, right? Like Mm -hmm. the audience that they have, the people, like you said, part of the community that they're, that are existing now. Um, And I think that's also another thing that, you know, people fail to attend to just keeping that community there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people want to, you know, appear to be bigger than they are, but just being a small business is a great asset in and of itself because you're able to, you know, give more personal attention to customers and um, yeah, people want that authenticity that's often lacking in bigger brands. Yeah, of course. It's like that. It's like when you message like a big brand or you text or you email a big brand and you get like some maybe like it's an automated response whereas if you text or you message or email whatever a smaller business you will most of the time 99% of the time get a real authentic message and response somebody who genuinely cares about your problems and is interested in hearing your issues which I think is amazing Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you what your day-to-day life looks like. Like you're a small, you run a small business and that's, that's not an easy job. So, (laughs) Yeah. um, It looks a little bit different every day and then certainly different in the pandemic. Um, Pre-pandemic, I did a lot more um, kind of work with our retailers. Um, So right before COVID, we had a big retail launch in both um, Whole Foods locally um, and then Pharmaca on the West Coast. Um, And so I did a lot of traveling around kind of uh, on the ground work, educating um, kind of the the store managers and and people that would be our advocates um, selling Moringa um, and our products. And yeah, today, um, as we've kind of built out our team, I've um, focused a little bit more on operations um, and impact um, on making sure that um, our model is working for our small farmers, thinking about how we can improve it. Um, And uh, that's operations in Ghana and then operations in the US, um, just working with manufacturers and um, and vendors and and putting our our products out there, um, everything from you know the raw ingredients to to turning them into finished goods. Um, so yeah, every day looks a little bit different. I have a few questions. First, I'm going to ask you about like doing what are there any productivity tips, especially working from home, that you have because I know that it's been a learning process for all of us, and you know different things work for different people. But what has worked for you at home? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I love um, Asana (laughs) as a task management system. (laughs) Um, Huge fan um, of that. And yeah, I just think I've recently also started just kind of writing down on a physical piece of paper, like what are the top three things that I need to get done today? Um, Because it's so easy to, you know, prioritize things that are urgent, but not important. Um, And so, you know, taking a moment to be mindful at the outset of the day and say, okay, what do I absolutely need to accomplish? Um, So I'd say those are my two things. (laughs) Are there, are there any daily things that you, you have set in place that it's an easy like reset that you can just bring, come back? Yeah. Um, so I uh, recently, I think during the pandemic started um, using Headspace um, to meditate <laughs> just like 10 minutes, um, usually in the morning. 
Um, but yeah, if, if there's, you know, a stressful time in the middle of the day, um, where I feel like I'm just kind of switching between multiple tasks, trying to multitask, but not really being productive. Um, it's a great way to, to take a break there. So highly recommend Headspace as well, <laughs> even to meditation skeptics, <laughs> it makes it very easy. Headspace and Asana. I've actually, yes. I started also using Asana a little bit. I have to really start using it, but from what I saw, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it, it does all sorts of stuff that I don't even know um, <laughs> all the functionality, but I just love the, the really simple to-do list and yeah, it makes it easy to work with a team. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are on your team? Um, so we have about 50 full-time people, um, most of whom are located in Ghana. Um, so our U.S. team, um, I mean, everybody's remote now, but our U.S. team is um, was always remote. Um, we have people kind of spread out throughout the country. Um, there's four of us now internationally, um, but uh, most of our full-time staff is based in Ghana. It's so cool that four people in the U.S. can make so much happen. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, we've been really lucky to have, um, you know, our team in Ghana step up as well and um, and work on operations internationally even. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's just, um, I can't imagine running a business before <laughs> the internet. Um, I know. But yeah, just to have people, um, you know, halfway across the world um, right. on Slack or WhatsApp and um, yeah, it's been really cool. <laughs> Let me rephrase. It's so amazing that a team of 50 people can do all that. That's so cool. Um, I know like we as U.S. citizens living in the U.S., we know the impacts of COVID on us, on our society. But in Ghana, what are the impacts of COVID there and how has it shaped or changed your business? Yeah, um, at the outset of COVID, um, we had to do a lot of kind of rethinking um, the the government locally was, you know, rightfully very strict about um, shutting down borders and, um, and yeah, just stopping travel internally. Um, and so, yeah, sourcing from farmers became really difficult. Um, we hold weekly meetings with our farmer groups um, on financial literacy and um, agriculture. Wow. Um, and those all had to stop and change. Um, so we kind of had a, a big shift um, in, in all of that at the outset. Um, luckily, Ghana's fared much better than a lot of countries throughout the pandemic in terms of the mortality rates and COVID cases. Um, but we're obviously still very careful, um, yeah. you know, masking, distancing, um, limiting travel when we can. Um, one of the cool things that came out of the pandemic, if there can be a silver lining, is that um, we started an initiative called Thrive Together. Um, which is uh, was an online store um, based in Ghana, um, wow. where we had like a collective of other Ghanaian businesses, um, made in Ghana businesses that um, wow. just weren't able to, you know, sell through retail. Um, and retail was, you know, 95% in some cases of their sales. Um, and so we um, did a, a COVID um, collective <laughs> where we had, uh, allowed people in Ghana to shop online safely um, and donated 5% um, of portions to charity. 
five percent of sales to charity. Um, so yeah, that was a, a cool thing that came out of the pandemic. But yeah, operationally, we had to shift a lot of things. <laughs> that's 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 really nice to see the silver lining. Like I know that there's been a lot of not so great things, and even still, like India situation is up and over my head. But it's it's nice to see that even through the pandemic people or companies like yours are really helping those smaller businesses and underdeveloped or not as developed countries, right? Yeah, it was really cool to see a bunch of small businesses um, come together. But yeah, we're we're lucky that um, Ghana's fared pretty well. And yeah, we're just, yeah, praying for India. Um, It's just a crazy situation over there. Yeah, I Going back to India, I'm curious, how, how long were, did you spend there? Yeah, um, so I was there two different summers, um, I think summer of 2010 and uh, 2012. Um, so yeah, I had a, had a great time. Um, got to stay with the homestay um, family, eat lots of good food, oh, <laughs> and just learn a lot. Um, yeah. Soak it all in. <laughs> Uh, we actually lived there during those years. Oh, That's funny. Where, where, where exactly were you? Um, I was in Ahmedabad in okay. Gujarat. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to travel around India. It's just such a <laughs> big country, obviously. Um, but yeah, hopefully someday when all this is over, <laughs> would love to return. <laughs> How long were you there for? Um, so I think both times I was there for just under two months. Wow, that's yeah, a long time. <laughs> was it was it all for research? Um, so the first time was um, just the internship with the microfinance bank, Sewa Bank. Um, yeah, just uh, interning, trying to help out where I could, but mostly, honestly, just learning a lot. Um, and the second time I came back to help with a project that I had started um, while I was there the first summer, um, which is wow. a jewelry cooperative um, selling fair trade jewelry. Ah, yeah, jewelry, of course. <laughs> um, what What's your favorite thing about your career? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think just getting to um, figure out or learn something new every day, <laughs> um, just being presented with um, different types of problems, everything from, you know, agriculture to um, learning how to get into a retail shelf um, and yeah, just meeting lots of really interesting people mm-hmm. too along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the day-to-day and then um, ultimately like, why I do what I do is um, just being able to um, learn from and work with uh, amazing farming families um, and um, our production team in Ghana. Um, Just really excited about the dream of um, agriculture being more beneficial to the people um, at the bottom of the supply chain. That's amazing to hear. Um, Who's your hero? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I think the the reason that I got into this field was um, reading Muhammad Yunus's book um, about <laughs> microfinance, um, and then and actually um, getting to intern in microfinance in India, um, just learning about how it's so much more than our kind of the Western perception of like small loans. It's just like this comprehensive. Um, you know, a suite of services um, 
just to provide all of the access that we take for granted, you know, savings, yeah. insurance, all of these different, you know, kind of mundane <laughs> products um, to the port. Um, and so, yeah, I think that um, he would be a good hero, <laughs> kind of launched me on this whole journey. Um, yeah. Wow. There's so many cool people out there. For me, it's always like, oh, I mean, I don't know. There's like this person, there's that person. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The list of heroes is long. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, what's your, what's your favorite place to travel to? Ooh, um, the place, uh, the country I've traveled to most is probably definitely Ghana. <laughs> um, <laughs> over the past few years, um, so yeah, I love, love being there. Um, I would also say um, in the States, Colorado is my favorite state. I, <laughs> I stayed there for a summer and yeah, have a soft spot for that. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what's on your reading list? What's your favorite book? Ooh, um, that is a great question. Um, <laughs> recently I've been um super nerdily into world war ii <laughs> um, so i just finished reading um took me like uh months and months but the the truman biography oh, wow. <laughs> um so that was uh, the david mccullough one um so that was um yeah that's the most recent one on my mind um but yeah just really um uh, love thinking about um yeah, just leadership and um, life in that time. <laughs> Been going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, I have a, I have a one last like completely unrelated question because you went to Harvard and you did like MIT and everything, which is, oh my God, so amazing. So, I mean, congrats. I know it's probably a little late, but like, wow. Um, was there any valuable lesson or was there anything that you learned from that experience and that education that you feel would be helpful to others I think um just the the people that I met um and at those places um were was the best part of the learning experience just getting the chance to interact with people from all over the world who had um all sorts of different experiences um and then I think just educationally um working with uh D-Lab at MIT um was just kind of so different than the the education I'd experienced um, before that. Um, so very hands on and um, kind of problem oriented, rather than you know learning how to weld for the sake of learning how to weld. You would you know think about I need to fabricate this thing. Like what skills <laughs> do I need to to make it happen? Um, and so yeah, just that whole approach was really cool. Um, definitely recommend checking out the lab. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, school, high, high school, college is right around the corner for me. So it's been constantly like, oh, well, you know, you gotta, you know, the whole process, that whole process has been like up in our heads. So <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's such a crazy process right now with all that's going on. I can't imagine. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. I know. I can't even imagine it. <laughs> we're going <laughs> doing it or we will be doing it soon. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out of your day to do this with me. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and sharing the the true Moringa story. Of course. And don't forget to tell everybody where they can get it. Sure thing. So the easiest way is truemoringa.com, free shipping. Also on Amazon and then Whole Foods um, in the New England area and Pharmaca on the West Coast and Thrive Market too. (laughs) Lots of options. Why don't you shout out your Instagram and like where everybody could connect Perfect. Yeah, you can connect on Instagram. Um, it's just at True Moringa. Also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and yeah, just TrueMoringa.com is our website. Thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, thank you too. Hi guys. <clears throat> it's me again. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What's on Your Mind. And before we end today's episode, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to True Moringa, the company. So True Moringa creates wellness and beauty products infused by the super food and power ingredient called Moringa. They work directly with farmer families as well, which is amazing. So they work directly with the people who manufacture and plant the Moringa to ensure their sustainability and longevity. They've planted over 2 million Moringa trees. And they've helped increase farmer incomes by 4 to 10 uh, times, not percent, 4 to 10 times. It's amazing what they're doing and the way they're giving back. And I really admire them for creating something that not only helps the consumer, but also the producer. Um, They have a whole bunch of stuff. They have oil. They have Moringa powder. They have a skincare set. They have a facial cleanser. They have like boxes and they have like they have just a whole bunch of stuff so don't forget to check them out their stuff is very inexpensive and there's free shipping over 20 us dollars so it's amazing and i will leave all of the info in the show notes make sure you connect with them on their instagram and i will also leave their website in the show notes so don't forget to check all that out but thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of what's on your mind um don't forget to come back next week for a solo episode no 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 nope not a solo episode next week the following week but don't forget to come back next week because we have another super exciting guest now i remember who it is but yeah that's about it thank you guys so much for coming don't forget to leave the podcast a rate and a review on apple podcasts and don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts yeah All right. And don't forget to check out True Moringa. True Moringa, True Moringa. Literally amazing. Like, please check their stuff out. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys so much for coming. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.